Friends, the Batman Universe Podcast, your source for all the latest Batman news related to movies, television, merchandise, and video games. Thanks for making the Batman Universe your ultimate source for Batman news. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Batman Universe Podcast, episode number 44. I'm your host, Dustin, and as always, we have with us... It's Apple. And this is Josh from the US of A. No, not really, it's Nick. I just thought I'd try and do an impression of Josh since he did one of me in the last podcast, which was pretty shocking. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, so we've got a couple different things to cover, movie, TV... Merchandise, video game, general news. We have a listener question. Our spotlight character is going to be Black Spider 1, 2, and 3. And we are going to be talking in our feature about Batman Brave and the Bold Season 1. So, uh, let's just get started. Our apologies right off the get-go for being a little late. Things happen. Your entrance was good. His was better. So, let's get into movie news. The first thing we have is on Friday, October 30th. Uh, Voices of Krypton posted up some exclusive news about the new Justice League Crisis on Two Earths movie. And they specifically had some quotes that were done by Billy Baldwin, who's doing the voice of Batman, and Dwayne McDuffie, who wrote the film. So what Billy Baldwin said was, There are a number of things that make playing Batman special. Certainly, the history of the character is important. The people that have been lucky enough to portray Batman on screen or provide his voice is a short list and it's pretty cool. I'm in good company. I enjoyed it as a child and the character still resonates for me. Plus, I'm the father of an 8-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 4-year-old. My boy is sandwiched between his sisters and he just loves superheroes. We watch Justice League together. I try not to let him overdo it too much with television, but there's great wholesome messages that comes that come out of that series. When I told him that I was playing Batman, his jaw dropped. I almost took him out of school to have him come down to see the recording. And then Dwayne McDuffie had to say about Batman, There are so many different continuities for all of the characters in the comics over the many years that were sort of used to seeing Batman and Superman in different contexts, which is fun, says writer Dwayne McDuffie. But a lot of it, in this particular case, is seeing what the world would be like if there weren't good people. They have enormous power, and there are almost no checks on their power. We dealt with this on the Justice League TV series, where they went to a parallel world where the Justice League met parallel versions of themselves who decided that the way to get rid of crime was to control everything, and maybe have gone too far in that direction. In this case, they're meeting not direct parallels of themselves, but people who sort of take those same positions. You've got Owlman instead of Batman, Ultraman instead of Superman, and Superwoman instead of Wonder Woman. They're completely different people who have chosen to use their power for personal gain. And they had some exclusive pictures as well, which you can see on the website. I'm kind of looking forward to this. How about you guys? Well, I think Billy Baldwin's a good choice for Batman. Um, I quite like this uh, parallel world idea about people making different decisions with their powers, so you've got the opposites of Batman with Owlman. But the and the, the trailer for the film didn't really do a lot for me, but um I'll wait and see. Um it's it's not one I'm re- really excited for though. I'm partially excited. Until we see some more footage, I'm going to hold my breath, but um I like Justice League New Frontier and I know this has this isn't going to have anything to do with it. It's going to be more on the lines of Justice League Unlimited, but I love that TV show. So as long as they give us a movie and not a possible two, three-part episode from Justice League Unlimited, I'll be fine with it. Yeah, I hope it's a little bit longer because uh, I believe the story that they're taking this from is uh, from GLA Earth 2, the one that was written by Grant Morrison and done by uh, Frank Quitely. I I hope it's just as good as the book that they did. So, man, I'm looking forward to that because that was a good story. I do have to say, though, I reviewed uh, JLA Year One recently, and I have to say that book proved to me how good the Justice League can make a story. So, I've certainly, uh, I'm certainly looking, interested in what they're going to do with it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so moving on, November 10th, um, MTV posted up another wonderful video discussing Batman 3 with another celebrity out there, and this time it was Dane Cook. And they kind of coaxed him into telling them who he would want to be as a villain, and we'll play the clip. I've tried, there's a couple that I really was interested in, but... Uh, with this year being a touring year, I never even had a chance to go in and, and talk about, but that would be the ultimate. Uh, that or a sci-fi movie, like Star Wars and stuff like that I grew up watching, so anything sci-fi or comic book related would be, that would be it. I could retire after that. Is there, is there a comic book that you'd most like to make into a movie? Well, I loved, you know, the Batman, anything, the new Dark Knight series and Batman Begins, so I don't know if they brought back like the Riddler, a new Riddler, you know, the way they did with the Joker, that might be kind of badass. I would what, do that. What would your Riddler be like? Um, it's funny because when they were making the new one <clears throat> and they were doing the Joker, I always thought kind of like, you know, the crow, kind of having, having that dark element but still comedic. Mm -hmm. So it would probably have to be something in that vein, even though I think what Heath Ledger did with uh, the Joker was just like the greatest comic book villain ever. Totally. So it would be tough to, to beat. All right, so Dane Cook is Riddler. I'm not thinking so. I'm not digging that whatsoever. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think Christopher Nolan's even digging that. <laughs> yeah, I've. I'm definitely still supporting David Tennant for the Batman Three Riddler. So uh, Dane Cook, please uh, don't don't bring this up again. All right. So moving right along, November 11th, there is a official trailer for Justice League: Crisis on Two Earths. Now we're not going to play the clip because there's not a ton of sound, but. You can go over to the website and check out the clip on the website and see what the movie has to offer. I can see it clearly now for the first time. Alright, so that's going to take us into TV news. We don't really have anything super important to talk about, but we do have some interesting information. Um, as we talked about in the last episode, Batman Brave and the Bold, the end of Season 1, was just around the corner, and it f ended... And while we're recording this, it ended just a couple days ago, last Friday. And lo and behold, Warner Brothers is getting right into Season 2. And while you're listening to this episode, Season 2 has aired on Friday. So it's called Death Race to Oblivion. And it has Mongol as the main villain. But there's a number of different heroes and villains that make an appearance in this, this episode which will be real cool because if you watch the clips and you've seen the episode, there's a show out there that Hanna-Barbera used to make that was called Wacky Races. And I have to say, it looks very similar to Wacky Races. I absolutely used to love Wacky Races, and I was actually going to bring it up as well. Um, it does look like that's what they're going for, and um, it looks like it's going to be good fun. Hopefully that will kick off Season 2 with some style after, for me, a, a slightly, uh, slightly disappointing ending to Season 1. Exactly. And I'm hoping we get some more news about Season 2 sooner rather than later. But until then, we know that they're going to air them. Now, we were told before that Season 1 was going to end and the Season 2 episodes weren't going to start airing until December by our contact at Warner Brothers. So I'm not sure what changed, but hey, the sooner the better. Maybe they just weren't in the loop. Exactly. Alright, so moving right along into merchandise news. We only have... Real two quick things to report. The first thing is on October 30th, we posted up something on the website specifically based on some news that came from Maddie's Facebook page. Now, some people have been wondering a specific question ever since the first wave of action figures for Superman, Batman, Public Enemies hit Target stores everywhere. Where is Brimstone? Maddie Collector answered that question and they said, A lot of fans have posted asking about the remaining pieces of Brimstone. They will be available in Wave 2 figures shipping to Target later this year. This set will include Black Lightning and Major Force as well as repaints of Batman in blue and gray and Superman in a more metallic deco. The repaints will include the same Collect and Connect pieces as their Wave 1 decos. We haven't received samples yet, but we will post package images as soon as we can. So hopefully we will see these in the coming months, week, or, well, I hope not months, but we hopefully see these things in the next coming weeks released at Target, and then they can do the Collect and Connect Brimstone, and we have the figure. I was not uh, putting it together, but I had wondered, like, where were the other pieces at, so. 
That's good that they answered it. <laughs> Most definitely. And I'm not actually collecting the entire series of those figures. I'm just collecting the Batman figure. But the Batman figures are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving right along, the other thing we have for merchandise news, November 10th. We've talked about these figures in the past, but our friends over at Gotham Knights Online received some information from Eagle Moss Publications about their upcoming characters. Now, these are little figurines that are Batman different characters. Really, they're DC Universe characters, but we obviously talk about the Batman ones. And they come with a magazine talking about all about the character and some history of the character and stuff like that, and then the figure themselves. They come out in the UK and Ireland and New Zealand way before they ever come to the States, but we know that they do eventually come to the States because they end up in the previews magazine. So, Eagle Moss Publications sent Gotham Knights Online a list of some figures that are coming out in the future, and... They include Huntress, Red Robin, Mr. Freeze, and Azrael. Um, Harley Quinn will actually be the next character released, which is be number 45, later this year, and that will be in the UK. So, But they've already got plans of putting many, many more out into the future. Yeah, I've seen these actually in the in the preview books where I've gotten a couple of them. The the latest ones haven't just been the the two face ones, but um, but yeah, they'll just post them right there. And sometimes they won't even have it with the magazine showing, like because they don't have the magazine cover ready. So they'll just put that little figurine for the ordering. So whenever you're looking through the preview books, just keep an eye out for those little figurines because those are going to be your clues and just order them through there. Does anyone know why they come out in the UK and New Zealand before America? Yes, and that's because the country or the company that owns or that makes them is actually based in the UK. Ah, all right. Well, I'm not complaining. Just wondering. <laughs> you got to get down to that warehouse, Nick. <laughs> yeah. I gotta get me one of those. All right. So we don't have any video game news, and we don't have any general news this time around. So we're gonna go straight into our listener question. And this question comes from James, and he is in Wyoming. And his question was: If Christopher Nolan does not come back for Batman Three, what director do you think should take Chris Nolan's place? So let's throw it over to Nick first. Well, first it depends on what you want to do with the series. Do you want to make this the third? in a trilogy and you know continuing on or do you want to start afresh assuming they want to continue with the current continuity because it's very popular you need to get a, a director who is who works in that sort of style if you really wanted to you could go back to tim burton i'd be surprised if he'd be interested in doing another batman film you'd obviously avoid joel schumacher but uh current directors out there that i think are really uh exciting today i mean one of my favorites who i would love to see do it and who I think would fit really well into Christopher Nolan's style would be Michael Mann. But I'd be, I'd be very surprised if he'd be interested. But Michael Mann, uh, if you get anyone, he'd be the one I'd go for. And I think he would fit the style. He'd, he's always very good with his character development, strong characters too, and the story is usually pretty solid. Michael Mann would be my bet. Now, for those of you who don't know who Michael Mann is, Michael Mann actually, he, he directed Heat, and numerous other movies, but it's interesting enough that Chris Nolan took some inspiration, I guess, from Heat for the bank robbery scene in the beginning of the movie, which obviously was directed by Michael Mann. So that kind of coincides with the idea of Michael Mann going and being the director. Yeah, I just think Michael Mann's Michael Mann does a really good job of. I think this, this, the way he he films uh, the city of wherever New York or Chicago. I think. Um, Christopher Nolan has actually, as you said, taken that, well, or borrowed it and used the same sort of style, and it would work if you made Batman 3 in the same style. Or, of course, you'd go in a completely new direction with someone completely new, And uh, but I'd be very surprised if Warner Brothers wanted to do that. Hmm. That's a pretty good choice. For me, I would love to see Tim Burton, but I don't think the rest of America would. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they're pretty much done with that kind of Batman. But one thing uh, though, Apple, if if Tim Burton's involved, you know that Johnny Depp's going to be the Riddler. <laughs> and Helena Bonham, Helena Bonham Carter's Helena Bonham Carter's going to be Catwoman. Catwoman. <laughs> well, to me, I would like to if I wanted to go out there and get a director, I I would probably go with the one that's probably you probably know his work, but you've never really paid attention to the guy. And I would probably go with the with the Timor uh, uh, Beckham 
Beckham uh, Betovil, I believe that's how you say his name. He was the one that directed Wanted. And I thought he just did an awesome job. And the thing was, when I went to go find out about this guy, I didn't even know he, he hasn't directed any other uh, really American films other than because uh, he's from Russia. So he's done a lot of Russian films. I just thought the job that he did on Wanted, why not put him and put him with the with the with Batman and have him direct it? Because I mean, I mean Christopher Nolan. I mean, how many people knew Christopher Nolan from just being kind of like mystery type filming? So you know, this guy. Look what he did with Wanted. Wanted was a a good movie. I'm not sure that I would want to see Batman filmed in that kind of style though. He also did Nightwatch, which you might not have seen, which was a, a Russian film, which was actually um, kind of fantasy superhero based, and uh, that would definitely be one worth checking out because he's uh, that was an excellent film. All right, so my if I was to pick somebody, you know, a lot of people have been thrown out there as possibilities. Zack Snyder was one that got thrown out there. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I'm not a big fan of what Zack Snyder does with films. I think he tells great stories, but I don't think that that would be what the direction we would want to see. I think if he was to do a Dark Knight Returns movie, it would be awesome and amazing. But in this current continuity that Chris Nolan has created, I don't think Zack Snyder fits very well. Okay, so if I had to take a choice, I would probably pick David Yates, who's currently doing a lot of the work with Harry Potter. He's done some other movies that are really interesting specifically recently he did state of play and i know political thrillers are not very popular right now but i thought state of play was a really good movie what he's done with harry potter and and then you compare that to state of play he can do very very different types of movies and i think that's important because instead of having everything that's exactly the same you have a difference so i would go with david yates and I think what he's doing with Harry Potter is being is, is being told very good. And I think if you combine David Goyer and Jonathan Nolan making the script and have Dave Yates make the or you know direct the film, I think it would be solid. And I think he would go in the right direction where it would still fa- fall in line with what Chris Nolan has done, but at the same time give his take, but only a minimal because he hasn't. Uh, Kind of, he, he came in. He didn't do Harry Potter from the very beginning, so it'd be he's the perfect pickup kind of guy, in my opinion. Yeah, he just jumped on the franchise, didn't he? Yeah. So that's what I would say. So hopefully that answers your question, James. And as always, you can send us your questions to podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net, and we can make sure we get those read for you. And knowing is half the battle. Let's get into our spotlight character. As we said, we're going to talk about Black Spider. Now, as you know, as some of you may know, Black Spider has actually been through... There's been three different versions of the Black Spider. Black Spider 1, 2, and 3. Now, the reason why we're talking about Black Spider is specifically because someone requested we talk about Black Spider, and that's why we're talking about it. So, and we're going to go through Black Spider 1, and then followed, obviously, by 2 and 3. So, let's start with Black Spider 1. So Black Spider number one, Eric Needham was a drug addict turned vigilante who sought to destroy Gotham City's drug trade. And this starts in Detective Comics number 463 from September 1976. As a child, Eric was raised by a loving family that fell apart when his mother died from illness. His father was distraught and virtually ignored young Eric, who struggled on his own to cope with his mother's loss. Seeking companionship, Eric took to the streets and found himself getting involved in gangs and drugs. The numbing effects of the drugs helped ease his pain for a time until he became addicted to heroin. His first confrontation with the law occurred when Eric was arrested for mugging an elderly woman. After serving three years, he was released and within a two-year span hooked up with fellow junkie Linda Morell and had a son, Michael. Eric took to robbing to find the money to support their drug habit and raise their baby. One night, he robbed a liquor store and gunned down a customer who lunged at him. Eric realized that he just murdered his own father. Eric was arrested and sent to jail, where he finally kicked his heroin habit. Upon his release, he decided it was time to stop the relentless flow of drugs into Gotham and donned a costume, taking the name Black Spider. 
Inspired by Batman, but uninhibited by any strict moral code, he began killing dealers and suppliers without remorse until Batman intervened. Whereas Batman had his utility belt and tools, Black Spider relied on a wrist-mounted gun that had deadly accuracy. The two fought several times, and it appeared that Black Spider died after his last battle with the Dark Knight atop a subway car. In fact, he barely survived the fight and was nursed at a free clinic for several months. As he healed and, re- and retrained himself, Needham learned that he was being funded by a man named Hannibal Hardwick, a major drug lord. Hardwick intended to use a black spider to remove and kill his competition. Once held, black spider stalked the streets for Hardwick, and only Batman's intervention meant jail and not the grave for Hardwick. Lost for a time, black spider shifted from vigilante to costumed criminal and found himself battling Batman just for the sake of it. Eventually, Needham refocused on his war on drugs, especially when the battle claimed his still-addicted wife and small son in a crossfire. In a final desperate act, a severely wounded Needham detonated explosives he had strapped to his body and took out a large cartel of drug dealers. Meanwhile, in Hell, Lucifer had had four reasons of his own to set all the dead free, a turn of events that would eventually lead many back to Earth, and this was from Sandman number 23 from February 1991. Eventually, the angels Duma and Rima took charge of the Dark Realm. By then, most of the dead had returned, Sandman number 28, September 1991. But most, but not all, Needham had no intention of going back and seemed to have struck an unholy bargain to remain on Earth. Ominously, he frequented a nightclub overseen by Lucifer himself, and this was in Sandman 57, 1994, from February of 1994. As the Black Spider, he was seen with other villains hoping to strike a deal with the demonic Neron, and that was in Underworld Unleashed, number 1, November 1995. The deal's details remained unrecorded, but Black Spider fell in with costume criminals such as Deadshot and Merlin and remained active. Identity Crisis, 2004. Okay, and this is going to take us to Black Spider number two. With Black Spider believed dead, hitman Johnny LaMonica took the name for himself when he accepted a contract to kill Black Mask. LaMonica was an egomaniac who, unlike his predecessor, disliked covering his face. He infiltrated Black Mask's false face society, but the assassination attempt failed. The new Black Spider wound up captured by Batman and sent to jail during the battle his face was pushed into a mirror and severely scarred. This was in Batman 518, May 1995. LaMonica was eventually released. He resumed his criminal career, only to be shot dead by Detective Crispus Allen when LaMonica got the drop on his partner, Rene Montoya. This happened in Gotham Central, number 23, November 2004, which was a good series. And then finally, bringing us on to Black Spider 3, when the calculator needed someone to learn the identity of his counterpart, Oracle, he recruited a man named Derek Coe. Coe became the third incarnation of Black Spider and was described as having bought the name from the calculator. This despite evidence that the first Black Spider had defied death and still roamed Gotham City with other supervillains. Coe tracked down Savant, who had first fought against, then worked for Oracle, and tortured him in the hope of learning her true identity. Oracle dispatched her birds of prey to rescue Savant, and Coe was tossed from a window by the freed Savant. He appeared to have survived the event, but has not been seen since. Birds of Prey 87... December 2005. So that is Black Spider. So hopefully we answered all the questions that you possibly could have wondered about Black Spider. Um, obviously that character in general has a very checkered history. Yeah, I knew very little about that character actually before we read that, but it uh, seems like a really interesting one, and I hope they'd turn up again. I bet he will. <laughs> so, so next time on the podcast we are planning on covering Calendar Man, so look forward to that. That's going to take us into our feature. We're 
talk about Batman Brave and the Bold Season 1. We're going to talk about the high points, the low points, what we liked, what we disliked. So, right off the bat, I'm just going to go through the different episodes that we had. Episode 1 was Rise of the Blue Beetle. Obviously, Blue Beetle was the main partner of Batman. Episode 2 was Terror on Dinosaur Island. That was Plastic Man. Episode 3 was Evil Under the Sea with Aquaman. Episode 4 was Day of the Dark Knight, which was Green Arrow. Episode 5 was Invasion of the Secret Santas with Red Tornado. Enter the Outsiders was obviously Outsiders and Wildcat. Dawn of the Dead Man was Dead Man and Green Arrow. Fall of the Blue Beetle was Blue Beetle and the older Blue Beetle, Ted Cord. Episode 9 was Journey to the Center of the Bat, which was Aquaman and Adam. Episode 10 was Eyes of Despero, which had Guy Gardner partner with Batman. Episode 11 was Return of the Fearsome Fangs, which was Bronze Tiger. Deep Cover for Batman, Episode 12, which was The Red Hood. Game Over for Owlman, which was also Red Hood slash Joker. Um, episode 14 was Mystery in Space, where Aquaman and Adam Strange, Trials of the Demon, was Gentleman Ghost and Etrigan the Demon. Night of the Huntress was obviously Huntress. Menace of the Conqueror Caveman was Booster Gold. Color of Revenge was Robin. Legends of the Dark Might was Batmite. Hail of the Tornado Tyrant was Red Tornado. Duel of the Double Crossers was Jonah Hex. Last Bat on Earth was Kamandi. When Omak Attacks was Omak. Inside the Outsiders was Outsiders. Mayhem of the Music Meister was a slew of different people, but the main one was Black Canary. And Fate of the Equinox, which was Dr. Fate. So, let's go over some of the low points first. Now, just to start off, I have to say that when this show was first announced, we kind of bashed the heck out of it because the way they portrayed Batman was a joke. And if you listen to the episode from a year ago, when we talked about the show right before it aired... We could not get over the fact where the jig's up, Kite Man. <laughs> we just couldn't get over that and thinking to ourselves, oh my gosh, they're completely wrecking what, the idea of Batman. Right. Uh, I think from what they had led on was that it was going to be, oh my god, they just they just took what the 60s did and just it felt like they were going to dumb it down some more and just ruin the whole feeling that we had at the time of course was the dark knight was coming out and they were going to ruin this whole feeling for batman that we had at the time and i think they've completely kind of you know turned our cheeks around and made us look at it a little differently yeah i think what they really have proved I think what they really have proved is the fact that um, Batman, through his history, has had so many different interpretations, be they Adam West or Christian Bale. And this this show just proved that you can do other interpretations of Batman, and people are most most people are willing to are open to it, and they want to see another interpretation. They want to see something different, and um, and it just proved to us that um, you can do that. And it has pleased a lot of people by doing that. Going in a different direction, we thought was a very bad road to take, but it turns out it's been a big bonus. Right. And one of the other things that I have to kind of just... It's not really a complaint or a low point, but some of the characters that Batman partnered up with, I would have preferred to see some... Uh, not necessarily more well-known, because I, the idea is to get some of the lesser-known characters in the DC Universe more acquainted with the public by introducing them. And I get that, but there's plenty of characters out there that they didn't use, and it's kind of a shame since they, f they, tend, they tend to focus on specific ones. Blue Beetle was obviously in multiple episodes, Red Tornado was in multiple episodes, Green Arrow was in multiple episodes, Aquaman, which is great. You know, I'd love to see characters like that, but then to have you know, Kamandi come on and they use Kamandi for an episode. It's like, yeah, they're not really giving us any kind of back history as far as who the character is or anything like that. Not that they did that with Aquaman and Green Arrow and Blue Beetle, but at the same time, it would have been just a little bit better if instead of using, instead of focusing so much on specific characters, 
either they focus all on different characters or they make it so that there's a different character on each episode. You you know that uh, that philosophy is good because it, it gets some of the characters that people may have not known out there. But um, I did like what they kind of did with Aquaman <laughs> because I think a lot of people always felt that Aquaman was kind of boring. But at the same time, in this series, they've kind of gone out there and kind of poked fun at it a little bit. And they brought Aquaman out a little bit about that. But, uh, yeah, some of the, the Batman characters, uh, because it is called Batman Brave and the Bold, um, they, they don't go in-depth about. And that's something I think, of course, us being Batman fans, we, we know the whole front and back stories of these characters. But at the same time, uh, we want to see that translate into animation film. But yeah, it, Batman Breaking the Boat, it brings it out as fun and it, it's very cool to to sit down and enjoy, but you always feel like the audience is missing something behind it. I think it's um it's probably become a case where they they get the uh character like Aquaman or um or Green Arrow out there and they actually find that they're quite popular and they try to use them more and more often because they're the popular ones. I think maybe people might get a bit we're not bored, but but they want to see their character, the favorite Aquaman or whatever it is, come back again. You don't want to just do Aquaman once. Everyone goes, oh, he was brilliant. He was so much fun. And then you never see him again. Um, so I imagine that's why they've kept some of these characters in more than we expected. But they, I mean, I think they generally, you know, you get Doctor Fate and all these other characters turning up for an episode. And then there's the odd, I would say, five to ten characters that keep coming back that are clearly the popular ones. I think part of the problem is that they don't necessarily always have a villain that coincides with some of these characters. Like Dr. Fate, okay, so you do Equinox, I get that. But, I mean, how many villains does does Dr. Fate actually fight? Does Dr. Fate actually... I mean, I don't even know if Dr. Fate's ever actually had his own series at one time. So, it's a little difficult in some regard to have um, entire, you know, multiple... You know, these lesser-known characters play a larger role in the series when they don't have villains that directly relate to them. Yeah, exactly. And but at the at the same time, I mean, uh what sucks is that to be honest, it's not even targeted towards our age. I mean, it's gonna, <laughs> it's going to be to the the little kids that they can sell toys to, but they do put a good story behind it. Just like that uh what was that that one that we saw us the the music meister? Yeah, in San Diego, up to that point, I I really was, and uh, I, I like I mentioned this in the San Diego uh, coverage one where I felt bad because when the Batman Brave and the Bold fans were lining up for Comic Con, that line was huge, and I was like, I cannot believe that this is that popular. And I sat down, and uh, there was a couple of episodes I liked. I liked the one with the the Joker where they try to do like the fifties type Joker, and I liked that one. That one was cool. Uh, but some of the episodes, and eh, like the Dinosaur Island one, eh, I wasn't real too fond about. I liked the Beetle one. I liked the Aquaman one. But the Music Meister one, I think that completely won me over because it was just, I didn't have to be serious about it. I could just sit there and enjoy it. And that's when I just kind of like took it like, you know what? It's, it's, it's not serious. It's just for fun. Just enjoy it. And I think once I took that turn towards it, then I've, I've honestly probably enjoyed it a little bit more than what I was doing before then before that point. Yeah. Um I have to say I if we're going to be talking about the negative side of things, I got asked in the call-in show how it's possible that um I like the 60s show and I'm not too keen on this show. And I have finally figured out why that is. And the reason is is that in the 60s show, they had such a small budget and it was obviously live action that it was all filmed in our almost our reality i mean it's a bit wacky and a bit crazy but it's still kind of in our world and then the problem with the brave and the bold stuff is that the uh the cosmicy space stuff never does much for me so when they go to another planet that's populated by giant tigers and gorillas or they go to a dinosaur island or anything like that i mean you could argue that the 60s show if they had the budget probably would have sent adam west to another planet or to dinosaur island but they didn't <laughs> fortunately and Yes, so that's what ruins it a bit for me is those episodes where we're going out into space and we're doing really stupid, crazy stuff, which I can understand the kids like. That's what it's for. I I get that. Um, But the ones, the episodes I've enjoyed more have been the ones that are a bit more realistic, like Batman and Robin fighting some gangsters. 
Apart from the Music Meister episode, which was just exceptionally good. Oh, and the Batmite. The Ma- Batmite episode. I hate Batmite. Everybody knows I hate him. And that episode, when oh, it just made me laugh. <laughs> it seems to be the ones that we were expecting to be the worst episodes have turned out to be the best ones by a lot. But the ones that I... The, the four or five episodes in the series that I've really enjoyed, as opposed to the rest which have um, been fairly average or weak to me. Yeah, I mean, especially like the the music one. I remember when, when me and Des were talking about like this. Uh, they're gonna have a musical episode. What? <laughs> so, and I think and Des, you liked that episode, right? That was a pretty cool one. Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, they've done a very good job at throwing the hardcore Batman fans off by you know first releasing that crazy trailer, the jigs up kite man, because we just butchered the heck out of the possibility of this show. And then them saying they're going to do a musical, it's just like they get us like super excited, but not in a positive way. Like, I can't believe they're doing this. Are they nuts? Are they crazy? And then the reality of it is that when we see it, we're even, we're, it's a complete 180 and we're complete, do, we're, you know, we're, we're completely supporting what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You almost exactly. get the feeling that they don't, they don't really care what, um, hardcore Batman fans uh, one and they're just doing this for kids and you think it's not really for us but then you watch the episode and the music master once for instance refers to shark uh, bat shark spray and stuff like that and you realize that they do care about um you know the hardcore fans as well so it's it's strange at first you think oh this isn't for us and then you watch it and, and you realize that they do want us to they do care about us and they've put in little moments in for us as well exactly all right now so let's go over some of the high points um favorite characters from the season i'd have to start off with saying i really liked obviously the music meister i thought that when they had robin in the episode in that episode in the one episode i thought robin was done very well i'm not real sure i understand his costume but i liked the episode um with robin Owlman and joker and red hood those three characters in that two-part episode that was an amazing i really like that story it reminded me a lot of stuff that happened justice league and justice league unlimited with the parallel worlds and stuff like that but i like that they portrayed it in a way where even if you weren't a little kid you get something out of it right i i say that uh mine would probably have to be a the Joker, of course. I like that Joker, and a lot of people always think like, "Oh, Joker is gonna have to be out there at some point." You know, there's a lot of interpretations of the Joker. If you read some of the early issues, the Joker almost came off as kind of serious, you know. So, in a way, it looked like he was gonna pop a joke in there, and I think that's what the Bat, the Batman Brave and the Bold one kind of almost came across as too. So, I really enjoyed that one because there wasn't a cartoon for that '50s type Joker yet, the '40s type Joker yet. So I enjoyed that. I like what they did with with Batmite, and I really hate that character. So for me to en- enjoy that character in the series was, you know, that has to say something in itself. I like Aquaman. Aquaman, what they've done with Aquaman, he hasn't ever got his really due respect. So I think what they what they did with him in this one, and uh, how you have mentioned um, the Robin episode, the Rob, I mean uh, Robin, the way they did the Robin character was, it was kind of cool. You know, always look for the different interpretations. So um, I, I enjoyed those characters so far. Oh, and the Music Meister, I like the Music Meister. Uh, the favorite, my favorites were definitely. I thought Green Arrow was done quite well, and he turned up uh, fairly regularly. Aquaman was excellent. I really enjoyed. Um, actually, uh, I think he was a gangster. I think he was called Babyface. Is that am I right in that? There was like a gangster who looked like a baby. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Babyface. Yeah, he was pretty um, good fun. I have to admit. Uh, other ones I liked, Dr. Fate. I've never known anything about Dr. Fate, apart from the fact I've thought he looks cool for years. I don't know anything about him at all, and uh, I was quite happy to see Dr. Fate and just see him in action, because I thought he was awesome. The Joker, I do have to disagree with Apple there. I I wasn't very keen on the Joker at all. Um, I think it was the voice, mostly. I think the look was okay, but the voice didn't do it for me. Um, and then any others, I thought Crazy Quilt was pretty amusing. And uh, that would probably be about it for me. And, of course, the Music Meister at the end. All right. So let's wrap this up by going through our top three episodes. So my number three episode would have to be 
Music Meister. Great episode. Goes in the top three. Uh, but I, my top two, I've got better reasons of why I like those more. But Music Meister, great episode. Number three. Number three. I would probably say my number three would probably be the Batmite episode. Mine would be Trials of the Demon, which was um, the one with Sherlock Holmes, because I'm quite a big Sherlock Holmes fan. Alright, so my number two episode would be Legends of the Batmite. My number two would have to be the Music Meister episode. Music Meister for me as well. And specifically the reason why Legends of the Batmite is higher for me for Music Meister is because they directly made a reference to people like us. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Alright, and my number one episode, which I know is going to blow a lot of people by, is actually uh, The Invasion of the Secret Santas. What? Yeah. Yep, I knew it was going to blow everybody away. And specifically because it was only the fourth, or fifth episode, the fifth episode of the series. And I... To be completely honest, I watched the first episode and was like, yeah, I'm not really digging this whole Blue Beetle thing. I never saw a Terror on Dinosaur Island because my DVR messed up. And the other two, Evil Under the Sea and Day of the Dark Knight, just sat on my DVR. And I just happened to be home and had the time to watch Brave and the Bull while it was on. And I watched The Invasion of the Secret Santas. And I don't know about you guys, but when Red Tornado was all super depressed because he didn't have emotions... And he wanted to have the holiday cheer. That just got me. Got me <laughs> then it's a Christmas episode, and I love Christmas. Got a bit dusty, did it? Got a, a lot of dust in that in that air. <laughs> I would say uh, my episode was, of course, the one with the Joker and the Red Hood. I it was that was a two parter, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe. So I, I really like that episode because it gave me a, like a whole bunch of story that I can enjoy. But the main reason why I enjoyed it was because they were able to translate a Joker that I've read in comic books and they brought it out in a cartoon form. So that's the reason why I probably enjoyed that episode so much. And my number one is The Color of Revenge, uh, mostly because it includes Robin, who I thought they had really good chemistry, I thought, together, because it wasn't a case of Robin's origin story. It was, his Robin. He's been around for a while. Let's get into an adventure. I thought it worked pretty well, and I thought Crazy Quilt was pretty amusing, too. All right, so there you have it. So that's going to wrap it up. So obviously, you probably were extremely surprised by our top choices. You probably expected us to do Legends of the Bat- Legends of Batmite and... Uh, Music Meister, but hey, you know, every once in a while we throw a curveball. Yep. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. concludes our test of the emergency broadcasting system. This was only a test. If there had been an actual emergency, we would have gone like this. Uh, help! Help us! No! Get us out of here! Help me! Help everyone! Help! Thank you. All right, so let's get into housekeeping issues. So, as you may have heard on the comic cast, we have been nominated for Fan Site of the Year by Project Fanboy. So, please go out there and vote for the BatmanUniverse.net so that we could possibly win this award. No, we don't win anything but a plaque that says that we were the best fan site of the year for 2009, but that would mean a lot to us specifically because we literally just launched last November. Uh, we've been around since January of 2008, but we the site's only been around for a year. So if we were to win that award, it would be a huge honor, and we really appreciate it. And plus, it would boost our uh, motivation so that we could maybe get some more of these sections done on the website. So that's the first thing. 
The second thing is, we also, in the comic cast, put it out there that we are now looking for co-hosts and podcast editors. Specifically editors, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who want to be a co-host, but we're looking specifically for editors, and that's because Savannah's no longer with us, Nick is tied up with things, I'm tied up with things, we're having a hard time keeping the schedule as it is because everybody's got all kinds of things going on. So we figure if we try to minimize who has to do what as far as the podcast, we can get them recorded on time so that there's plenty enough time to get them edited so that we can get them posted in time as well. So anybody out there who would like to be a co-host or edit podcasts, like I say, we're really stressing the editor more than anything else because we really need some people to edit the podcasts. But we're also looking for some co-hosts to replace Savannah and also just an extra one to have on board as well. So at least two co-hosts we're looking for and maybe two editors as well. Send us any information that you want. Tell us why you we should pick you as a new co-host. All you need to do is have Skype, have a microphone, and obviously an internet connection and some time on your hands. Um, that goes for editors too. You don't need a microphone, but you definitely do need to have Skype so that way we can send you the files. Other than that, I think that's all we've got for this episode. Can I just uh, comment on that? Yes. Uh, just about Project Fanboy quickly. I just wanted to say it's an honor, an honor to be nominated. Uh, if you're someone who, um, if you're a listener who hasn't really been on the website, just to let you know, the fan site does mean the podcast as well. So if you're just a podcast listener and you want us to win this award, please do pop over to projectfanboy.com and vote for us. It'd be awesome. Um, and we're up against some big boys, but... Uh, who knows? We might be able to win if you if you go over there and vote. It could just be down to one vote, so please pop over there. And the other thing about the uh, staff, I just wanted to mention, I know you guys mentioned on the comic podcast, but just to let you know, there are plenty of events you can go to. I, I was lucky enough to go to the Arkham Asylum event up in London and meet the creators of the game and have some chats with them about the game and get hands on the game. Uh, I think that was about two or three weeks before it came out and plenty of extra goodies and stuff like that. And we're always growing, so hopefully there'll be more of those sort of events in the future. So if you join us, there's plenty of perks. And editing would be very helpful because, yeah, I'm far too busy to do it at the moment, unfortunately. Plus, we've got Christmas coming too. Yeah. And also, those perks do come for if you're just going to be an editor. If you're just going to be editing the podcast, those come with you too. So we could get you into um, different comic conventions, uh, news, press. So, hey, it's an opportunity that you can look forward to. And I also said this in the comic cast as well, but I have to go on the fact that not everybody listens to the comic cast if you're listening to this one. But Warner Brothers is recognizing us a lot more than a year ago. So, you know, my thanks goes out to Nick and Josh who stuck around through, you know, the craziness that has been going on since last year. And we didn't really have perks. And Apple didn't have any perks when he came on board either. And... As we get bigger and as we get larger, we obviously need to expand in order so that we can stay around. Because if we can't expand and it's all on one person's shoulders, we're never going to succeed and we'll end up crashing down as soon as something happens. So the bigger we get, the more people we need, and then the more recognition we get from Warner Brothers and, for instance, Rocksteady and Edios. So they want us to tell you about the products that they are offering and they're sending all kinds of stuff now and you've been if you follow the editorial section you've noticed that there's all kinds of reviews for random dvds they're coming to me but i don't need every single one of them and as a matter of fact i don't need actually a whole lot of them because i already have a lot of this stuff so that stuff goes staff first and then if staff doesn't want it then it gets put into the bin for giveaway stuff for contests so there's perks there are definitely perks so that's going to be everything. You can email us at podcast at thebatmanuniverse.net. Please go on to iTunes, leave us reviews. You can head over to the website to check out daily news for all movie, TV, merchandise, video game, and general news, as well as comic news. You can go on to the forums, join the forums. If you are having some problems getting into the forums, we've been getting nailed with a ton of spammers on the forums, and sometimes I'm not... I'm not going through the, the lists every single day. So if you're trying to get on the forums and you can't, please send me an email and let me know so that way I can make sure that your account gets activated and you don't come across as just another spammer. Um, you can also 
obviously check out the editorial section for comic reviews, as well as the reviews for Batman Brave and the Bold, which we've been posting up every week too. And that's pretty much it. Go vote for us on Fanboy, and if you want to be a co-host or an editor, let us know. So this is Dustin. This is Apple. This is Nick. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Podcast, episode 44. We'll see you guys next time. Take care, guys. Farewell, listeners. Who is Dan Cook? He's a no. I don't want him. <laughs> Dan Cook is a famous comedian over here. Not oh, he's right, not super okay. famous, but he's I don't know. Saturday he's, Night Live is he's it? He's not even a comedian. He he just I don't I don't I don't find him that funny. Some of his movies are funny, but not because of the situations that he's been in. But assuming neither one of you know what a wacky races is. No, I do. Uh, what the world is that word? Brimstone? Um, question. Yeah, no, I was looking at something. I'm missing something in my my paragraph that I typed in. Okay. What's that? So I, that sounds like a phone. I can't hear anything, so it's probably me. Hang on. I'll just turn it off. The numbering of drugs helped ease no, his numbing, pain. Numbing, numbing. I said it says the effects of drugs helped ease his pain for a time. Interesting. Where do you have numbing at? It says the numbing effects of the drugs helped ease the pain. No, well, let me read it like yours. Um, Lost for a time, black spider shift. The costumed criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's up. breaking up, right? Breaking up. Yeah. Yeah. Koi back. Okay. Now, as we said, we're going to talk about Batman Season 1 and what we thought, what were the high points, what were the low points. Do you so want to say uh, Brave and the Bold? What did I say? Batman. Oh. I can't believe this, but I enjoyed the Batmite episode. I liked <laughs> I, mean, I, I hate, hate the Batmite. Apple. Apple. Uh-huh. Apple. Stick to characters, not episodes, because we're oh, going to do okay. something about episodes later. Okay. Should we do our worst episodes as well? <laughs> no, we'll skip that for now. Okay. We'll do actually, because I think what we're going to do is we're going to, like, when we do the 2009 award thing. Yeah, best and worst. Have, like, the best episode, and then we'll have, like, the worst episode. Okay. So we'll leave the worst ones out there for that.